0: Markets are going wild, Jerome is stuttering and stumbling, crypto's crashing, Neil Young got the boot, he messed around and found out. It's all about the Benjamins, Neil. The world's going crazy. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 154 of our therapy session, otherwise known as Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge. It's crazy out there. How are you? Old
1: enough to remember when girls gone wild, Gerardo. People used to go with cameras to the spring break destinations and sell tapes of that online. And now people buy um, NFTs and tickets to watch virtual bands instead of uh, half naked girls and uh, a beach. We're going to talk about uh, some of that stuff. I'm doing really good, better than the markets have been doing. I told you to sell your, your equity exposure in the past couple of weeks. Hope you did that.
0: You've, uh, you've, uh, well, I've done two things, you know, I don't have as you know, much broad indices equity exposure. So most of my exposure tends to be concentrated, either in real estate, which is long term, that's a long term edge against inflation and, you know, fiat currencies and everything that goes along with that. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the bulk of the rest of my portfolio is resource based, which actually, despite the recent price action today and yesterday in gold and silver, has done pretty well. Companies that are, you know, hitting milestones, discoveries that are, are proving themselves out of it at a time. And look again, frankly, without you know being braggadocious about it, you know, we've got some private deals right now in store that are just appetizing, right? Appetizing at current levels. So, no, great times if you have the access. Great times if you have the wherewithal to be able to withstand the volatility. And really great times if you did as you did, which was take some of that cash out from that managed money that you had and start allocating a little bit at a time and pulling that out before this most recent crash. Let's get right into your call a couple of weeks ago, when you started telling everybody lighten up on your equity exposure in the broader indices. If you can't withstand a quarter or two pullback, right? It's very obvious now from the fed statement yesterday that they're fucking winging it, right? They're winging it. They, 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 they're hoping they can tighten once. And I think they will. They're hoping maybe they can squeeze a second hike there. I don't think they get past hike number two. And I think the market's going to throw the kind of tantrum that reminds Jerome exactly who's in charge. But I do believe there will be volatility along the way there. And, and I wrote as much this morning.
1: Uh, I'm not sure what the question is, but um, a hat tip, I guess, first of all, to Keith McCullough and Macro Trends uh, or Hedge Eye for. Um, you know, uh, identifying the what they call the quads and the quad ships, saying that we were uh, approaching what they would call a quad four, and so uh, I've said before I use that in my framework to, to make capital allocations decisions as as many other people do, and so and we started taking tech profits towards the um, end of 2021, selling the XLK in, in December, and of course the bottom falling out of the Nasdaq. It's down more than 10 percent in the past month, and so. Um, there's places that have that have held up well. Um, uh, we talked about real estate last week. Housing has been a bit soft, but some of the other defensives have, have held up really well, particularly consumer staples, uh, which I was uh, pointing to, things like yep. um, that you have to put in your mouth every day, including cigarettes. Altria reported uh, good earnings uh, this week was uh, actually uh, up. And so... Um, it's a defensive environment. You mentioned volatility. There's not a lot to do when volatility is like it is right now, above a thirty handle, which I believe it uh, closed at. If I look at the at the at the chart, yeah, I mean the mm-hmm. yeah, right above thirty. So. Um, you know, I was looking to to do a bit of uh, shorting, you know, some of the sectors that I was saying look like shit. Uh, I'm not a shorter, you know, I don't sell short, but I'll buy a, a short uh, ETF or a short fund. It sort of got away from me a little bit today. I didn't get my order filled for that. And I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, this, these short term fluctuations are happening very, very fast. I still don't think the uh, markets have a lot of conviction um, one way or the other, <laughs> fucking Jerome didn't have any conviction. One way or the other, he was just like eh, stuttering. <laughs> <Jerome, laughs> we'll wait and see. But we're really concerned about inflation, so I'm giving you sort of a non-answer. But inflation's still really high. Uh, S and P and, and Nasdaq are already in correction, if not uh, bear market territory. You should have lightened up your ex- exposure. Um, it feels good to be in uh, significant portion of cash, right? To be able to pick off the things I want. You should be buying this gold uh, dip. I was buying Kirkland Lake this week. I was buying um, uh, Wheaton this week and I was buying um, one of your favorite uh, royalty recommendations as well. So um, lots of things out there to buy and you don't have to buy anything is the last thing I guess I would say. It's uh, all fine to wait because, um, I don't think the selling is over yet. I know this is a long answer. Sorry, Gerardo. Um, we've mentioned, we've been mentioning GDP and you've got a, a good GDP print, right? The economy growing at 7% in the Q4. Similar to, us. I was saying, earnings growth are still good, right? Earnings growth are still above 25% in the S&P. But the rate is down. Like the the earnings growth is still above twenty five percent, but that's coming down. And the GDP is at seven percent, but that's coming down from the, the peak in the third quarter and the and the, and the fourth quarter too. Uh, you'll see a slowdown here in the in the first quarter, I'm pretty sure. And so a precarious spot for the for the markets to be and uh, a defensive place for sure. And so uh, precious metals, I think, is is the place to look at for now.
0: I like precious metals. I like critical metals, right? The electric metals, the battery metals, I really like those right now. I think there's an opportunity there. Not a coincidence, we're writing a check for, you know, a world-class palladium, platinum, nickel, rhodium, gold um, asset that I think is gonna do really, really well. You had an oil deal recently that, has that closed yet, Nick? It hasn't
1: closed, no, but they've uh, stopped taking expressions of interest, so that has passed.
0: Okay okay and then that was a uh, you know you, you put in a dollar you get that for i think in maybe three to six months time right that's
1: the idea um it helps that is still holding up relatively well mm-hmm.
0: you're looking to buy a bank
1: yes we're buying a private bank with uh <laughs> mr roll who's uh putting in 15 million dollars of his own money along with uh frank trotter who ran Everbank before um yeah putting my personal capital into that and recommended it to accredited investors as well and so if um, one way to avoid volatility is to own assets that are still private, I suppose.
0: Right, and 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 going public at a premium, sure. right, and 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 with a clear path towards profitability as it relates to the share price. And so, again, there's many different ways to make money with this volatility. Being in the broader indices for the next couple of quarters I don't think is going to be the best way unless you are a phenomenal stock picker. I think it's going to get a lot more challenging um, without that perceived backstop. Because, again, the Fed, be absolutely clear, the Fed is tapering. That means it's still buying mortgage-backed securities. It, it, It hasn't reversed. It's not selling into the market that, they're inflating. They're just buying a little bit less. And so again, up until now, it's been rhetoric. Um, Jerome didn't convince me, but we'll see. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on one or two rate hikes. And then I think, uh, you know, I think then all asset classes are off to the races again, because I think the market's going to call us bluff again. I think it's going to
1: have to cave. Yeah.
0: I like it. Um, we have to talk Joe Rogan and Neil Young because we talked about, we talk often about the fourth turning and we talk about, you know, these generational shifts that happen, whether it's, you know, war or economically or societally. And I thought this one was just a mwah. You know, and, and look, Neil Young is an epic songwriter, a classic singer, just, you know, I can see why in his world he's going, I am the fucking man. So you either take that other man child off of your Spotify network with his, you know, own version of the truth, or you can lose my catalog forever, baby. And Spotify said, adios, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. You got to go. Tidal, which is my favorite subscription streaming service, was brilliant in picking them up immediately. And so when I opened my Tidal app this morning to stream my morning music, the very first thing that I saw was the very best of Neil Young, right on the front, right? And they made it a point to get out there on social media and let everyone know, Neil Young is more than welcomed out here in the Tidal world. So interesting to me to see jay Z's streaming service being so quick on the draw with that. Interesting that Neil Young thought he had the career capital and the legend capital, which he should have. If I was Neil Young, you're damn right I would put it on the table as well and say, Hey, I don't like that guy. I wouldn't do that. But, you know, if I'm Neil Young, like, you got to get him out of here. Not happening, buddy. You got to, you got to look at the numbers. And when you look at the, 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 the viewers that Joe Rogan has, when he has better viewership than CNN and Fox and all of these other networks put together... Um, and you see what he does for Spotify, you can agree or disagree with that man's opinions. Some of his takes I love. Some of his takes I laugh at. Some of his takes, I know he's saying it just to get a rise out of people. And it's funny that people don't see through a lot of that. But again, everybody's, uh, you know, allowed to have their own opinion, obviously, right? Opinions are opinions for a reason. I thought it really interesting that it was so quick for Spotify to say, you can go. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It didn't take that long.
1: Well, you remember the, the record deal or the huge deal they gave joe rogan to come uh, bring the podcast uh, to spotify i've got no dog in this fight Um, i don't uh, stream i listen to my little satellite radio on my way to work and that's about it Um, (laughs) but yeah everything you said is spot on Um, uh, quintessential for the fourth turning embodiment of the um click culture that we're in and and the ad dollars matter and you know joe rogan's got more followers and Is more popular right now. And, and, you know, what's a rocker from the the sixties and, uh, seventies, the Southern man don't need them around anyhow, I guess. And so, um, and it's interesting, you know, It made me think back to the, to the Leonard Skinner, you know, Neil Young sort of, I mean, he's not one to, to shy away from clashes. And at the end of the day, um, those two entities, Neil Young and Leonard Skinner, who, you know, were uh, it, it, it really, uh, this was the last big tur- that, you know, culture wars in, in the 60s, yeah. right? And so, um, it, when he was saying that, um, you know, Southern man, better check yourself, go read that Bible that you're talking about all the time, look what you're doing. And Leonard Skinner was saying, you know, we don't need you around anyhow, basically. That was Sweet Home Alabama style. So, um, it, I mean, you mentioned the entertainment values, sort of like professional wrestling. So um, on their, one of their last tours, uh, Alabama's Van Zant, or excuse me, Leonard Skinner's Van Zant was wearing the Neil Young t-shirt. They weren't um, the uh, enemies, really, that I, I think they... Uh, used to, to sell a lot of music but at the end of the day respected each other and, and their music so i don't know what the personal beef is or if there is a personal beef between uh, neil young and joe rogan but certainly interesting that um uh, the way it played out the dollars mattered like you said uh take it to the bank and i guess all, what I, else i was thinking about is the whole cancel culture and the banning of Twitter accounts for misinformation or whatever it is, which is still going on in a a very real way. And it's just interesting that, um, you know, Spotify chooses to to back him and, and, and also speaks to why Joe Rogan's audience is so strong, right? Because of the uh, muzzling and because of the uh, lack of real reporting from, from real media. And so, Um, speaks to the power of really alternative media now and and alternative ways to get it out, which is uh, one of the the pillars of the things we always say, that classic institutions are falling, right? Whether that's uh, conventional music entertainment media or um, rock star words like uh, Neil Young. We'll
0: get to religion in a second. (laughs) Any chance I get to beat at religion, and again, hey, with all due respect to everyone's faith, it's not you I'm against. It's the institutions that allow for the perversion of your faith. Just to be absolutely clear for anybody that's listening or watching this podcast, I respect every faith. It's when the institution uses your faith and your goodwill and your good deeds um, to manipulate those that may be easily manipulated and use that institution to to further non-consensual harm on human beings and oftentimes kids, Um, I have a serious problem with that aspect of the institution. The same way I love law enforcement that truly upholds the rule of law, but also holds themselves up to that strict standard, right? I am so supportive of of our law enforcement community, the part of it that does it the right way. And as you know, so hypercritical of the part that does not, because again, I come from a place and my parents live in a place where I know what it's like when the rule of law no longer exists, right? It's, it's, it's whoever has the best, biggest, and most weapons. And so, yeah, roundabout way to get back to a uh, beating on religion for a little bit. <laughs> well,
1: you talk about how it's the institutions, right? It's actually the perfect segue because I wanted to talk about <laughs> yes. this, uh, Um, the big business of prayer apps. I don't know if that's where you were really going or not. but uh,
0: That's that's where I was going. Got My prayer hands, is that how it goes? Prayer hands emoji. I don't do emojis. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Feeling blessed. Raised hands. Um, (laughs) Let me tell you about the prayer apps, which I didn't even know were a thing, but oh boy, I learned about this week. So that's a nice little espresso container there.
0: Um, I'll leave it up to you all to guess what's in there.
1: (laughs) Oh, there you go. Um, it, it's it, well, you could put a little shot in Italian; it would be a, a
0: ristretto.
1: If we put a little liquor in there, right? That's your cafe ristretto. It, anyway, it,
0: it, it's a little <laughs> early before before we talk about prayer apps. Do so you know if I can CVS has siesta hours now because of the the, the 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 labor shortage and the supply chain shortage? Interesting. A couple hours, so like in, in Mexico, right? And, yeah. So I go to I go to my local CVS here about four days ago and. They're closed from one thirty to 2.30 or something like that every day now.
1: That's crazy. I mean, well, maybe they can get one of Tesla's robots. and We'll get uh, everybody staffed up here in, in a little
0: bit. Or get on the Prager app and find more people to work.
1: Pray for some employees. <laughs> well, their message will certainly get out. Let me tell you about this. So, um, Tell me about this. Um, obviously... Um, privacy on the internet is 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 going out the window, right? Um, you talk about something in your kitchen and you're immediately getting uh, ads for it on Instagram. For example, we know they're, the big apps are listening. We know they're tracking all the clicks, the conversations, et cetera. One thing I didn't know about was um, prayer apps. And so... Um I just wanted to talk about them on the podcast because it's uh, a bizarre word. Let
0: me get comfortable. Yeah, let me, let me get comfortable. Let me just going. tell you I about have, it. I wish I had popcorn. I am all ears. So sir. there's
1: one uh, <laughs> called prayer.com <laughs> and has uh, lots and lots of uh, users. And uh, people take to these prayer apps um, to, to pray. They either join groups that are sympathetic to what they're praying about Trouble with their marriage, kids that are addicted, loss of loved ones, trouble with money, whatever it is, and. Um, they either uh, have the Bible read to them, which uh, James Earl Jones will do to you for fifty nine ninety nine a year on, prayer, on Pray.com. Uh, James Earl Jones. His actual voice? Yeah, he'll read you the Bible. That's like the premium kicker. That's what you're paying for. That's like the premium upsell, 60 bucks a year. But anyway, uh, you can also just pray into the app, right? And so uh, BuzzFeed did a, a, a... Well, let me stop for a second. Um, it's one of the last bastions of real intimacy uh, on the internet, right? If you're praying into an app, you're telling them your most deepest secrets. You wouldn't do that on like a public Facebook post or Instagram because those are like your best snapshots, right? Those are like the highlights <laughs> of your life. You, you don't post the bad stuff, but all the real stuff would go into a prayer app, right? So,
0: You, you think Matt Gates uses a prayer? Oh, app? Oh <laughs> man,
1: we'll have to get to him on, on another episode because I haven't read about it. But uh, what you said is true. Uh, the guy seems to be turning. Anyway, let me get through this because it's big business. Um, So so now this um, Silicon Valley and, and venture capital is coming into it because they're figuring out that one of the last places to get real, real data from people is through religion. Um, and brick-and-mortar religion is on the way out, not only because of COVID, people congregating, but brick-and-mortar religion is just on the way out in general, if you look at the the polls and the uh, people who claim to be religious. so But these apps are on the rise and they're being backed by venture capital money, like Peter Thiel has one for Catholics. Um, and there's another group that has one. Peter Thiel's is called Hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W. And so all these apps are emerging. Um, and what Buzzfeed learned is that they're selling the data to uh, advertising groups and Facebook and stuff. So they had this one example of a lady whose like son had just died and husband had committed suicide, and, and she was in these groups and praying to this app. And they're you know they're selling the data so so people can sell them ads or use it to like you were saying like manipulate people into doing certain things. So um, anyway, fascinating to me that. Uh, uh, Prayer religion has become big business. And so but don't think it's just the fault of the advertisers. Let's talk about religion in general, because it was just a couple of weeks ago we talked about wads of cash being found in a a religious institution in Texas. Right. And so uh, the concept of monetizing your congregation is not new. Um, you always pass around the, the basket right whether or not the contents of that basket is going to the poor on the corner or the pocket of the per, uh, the the preacher is uh, you know always uh, up for debate or it's always fascinated me about religion right it's no secret that large institutions like uh, the Roman Catholic Church are some of the richest uh, in the world and so um,
0: a practice as old as prostitution itself. That's
1: it. And so if you're not, exp- if, if, if religion isn't, exp- not, I shouldn't say exploiting if you know, these people are not passing around the basket in the brick and mortar church and the churches aren't getting money um, through the traditional avenues. Here, it seems this is like the new digital extraction via religion, right? And uh, um, uh, investors or at least venture capitalists are all too eager to join up on it. So um pray.com seemed to shift around some of the privacy policy language after this report came out they didn't respond to comment for uh some of the report and then you had the preachers out there saying and then pastors saying that you know uh, this, this shouldn't be used for um uh you know profit purposes and then me in my views on religion and thinking If, it, you know, religion is, you know, spiritual and between you and an entity or you and a a god or a being, why the fuck do you got to pray into an app to begin with? And so anyway, lots of blame to go all the way around, but certainly a perfect story for a bizarro world.
0: So many thoughts. So little time. I know uh we're gonna keep people on their toes we're gonna pivot back to 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 gold and the dollar uh gold (laughs) once again (laughs) falls below the 1800 mark does does what i think matter no you know all that matters where you allocate capital and how that does for you i believe this is a short-term pullback i actually think you know it holding right around that 1800 hundred dollar level despite the dollar surging and blowing through that 97 mark which again I mentioned a few weeks. I thought this would happen, right? As as capital looks for safe harbor and gets confused, I thought the dollar would strengthen up. It has. I don't think it's sustainable in the mid to long term, but in the short term, I you know, we we, we can see a move to ninety-eight before it turns back. But I actually think again, I think that this is all healthy for the precious metal space. Thoughts on that, Nick? Does it matter at the end of the day? I mean, if you're if you're if you're buying into the right deals and companies are delivering, you're gonna get rewarded sooner or later, depending on you know your risk tolerance, right? Does it matter what the gold price does in the short term? Well, I think it's a
1: buying opportunity in the short term. As, yep. as we mentioned uh, earlier, you've often said that you expect the dollar and um, bonds and gold to go up hand in hand. And so um, you're seeing a scenario where that could potentially play out now. It might involve uh, soft stocks for a little bit, but um, there's so much capital out there. And we'll talk about NFTs in a second that um, a short flight to safety is, is going to come uh, back into gold. Yeah. Like I said, I was buying, uh, gold stocks and, um, I think that you're going to have, uh, money coming into that sector as it, um, decides where to go. So, I mean, just look at me, for example, sitting in a lot of cash, as we discussed, and personally deploying some of that into gold, you know, I don't think I'm alone in, in, in that respect. And so, um, I like to think we're just a little bit ahead of everybody.
0: I'd like to think you're right, but we'll see. Knock on wood, right? Time will tell. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Um, I have a girlfriend in the metaverse.
1: Well, you asked permission last week and said that it was granted.
0: I found the workaround. What is that? So I'm not married in the metaverse. Ah. So my real world wife, is my metaverse girlfriend because why wouldn't I right she's gorgeous she loves me she deals with my crazy self (laughs) so I just decided in the metaverse I'm not married baby I just got a girlfriend she's my wife in real life but we're getting along great in the metaverse
1: awesome does she have an avatar Uh, a couple what are they
0: Oh, that's a secret Um, thing. I can't tell you, we got to link up in the metaverse. I mean, I can't tell you metaverse secrets in the real world. It's not the way the metaverse works. And look, jokes aside, I have no fucking idea how the metaverse works. Right. Um, I, 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 I tend to I, I tend to be a simple guy. I ask simple questions. I invest on simple premises. I try to work hard. I try to be diligent. I try to speak with people that are much smarter than I. Hence, the reason that we have a podcast where Mister Nick Hodge gives you the thoughtful, insightful, articulate, intelligent opinions that he does every week. And you know, luckily, somehow I end up bouncing into good good situations that end up doing well for for me and those around me. And I'm thankful for all of that. But when it comes to this metaverse stuff. As a capitalist, I completely understand the profit motive and I see the way it's going to be rolled out and monetized, but I can't really explain to you the stocks to go to or give you an educated breakdown about what it encompasses and where the opportunities really are. I see the trend, I understand how it'll be monetized on a very broad macro level. But when you get into the nuts and bolts, I couldn't tell you a thing. Um, I happen to benefit the way that you happen to benefit from a gentleman that is incredibly well-versed in the metaverse and crypto. And I, I, I saved the crypto conversation because I do want to talk cryptos and where we're at. And if there's still opportunities within that space, you and I, our company is going to you know, pony up very shortly within days, $50,000. And we're going to hand it over to this gentleman and say, hey, you, seems like you still think there's some opportunities out there despite the falling knife that most people perceive. Go make it work and let's see if it dances, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to bring Chris Curl on to have a conversation. Um, Would you like to introduce Chris Nick and and give people an overview of, you know, kind of his background and how he's been brilliant at doing what he does and and why the heck we're giving him 50000 of our own cash to go do it again, hopefully. I would.
1: And let me also state that the metaverse, uh, the cryptoverse, the whole uh, sector is still very new and, uh, evolving and, um, being applied differently in different areas of technology, virtual reality and gaming and entertainment and decentralized finance. And so every time I read about it, um, there's something new to learn and it's, it's tough to keep up with it if you're not dedicating most of your time to it. Um there's lots of investment opportunities, not just in the, the coins uh, and the tokens, but in um, crypto projects and in uh, tokenization and NFTs and uh, funds and ETFs related to the space um, uh, and in maybe even collectibles, depending on how they uh, gravitate towards uh, using this technology. And so um, we needed uh, someone to, to write reports and, and, and write a publication for us. Um, It's evolving fast. So some of the stuff is tough to wrap your uh, mind around and he seemingly understands it intuitively, like um, there's um, digital bands now that people uh, go to see. I was going to talk about Strawberry Strawberry (laughs) Prince, which is uh, sort of like the gorillas, if you if you if you remember them, but they're real people, but they appear on stage were um, in the metaverse with their avatars right um which are all digital skins and so um and they also play games and have live hangouts and stuff like this and they have tens of millions of followers in japan and so but then there's also like the gimmicky and the eh, i don't know about that aspect of it right where you look at some things and you're like yeah i don't know about that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense like um some of the nfts for example um not the ones that are nfts for their own sake where you're buying a piece of art but, um, but ones where they're seemingly like made up and the, the example this week would be uh, John Lennon's stuff. So his son mm. is uh, nfting uh, it's, it's actually not even any of his stuff. he's just <laughs> he's just recording a story about the stuff. so um, one of the examples is like a note Paul McCartney wrote, uh john lennon right you don't you're not buying you don't get the note if you buy this nft at auction you get uh audio visual thing (laughs) of john lennon's son talking about why the note is important and they're expected to sell for like 30 grand a piece and you don't get the actual item so uh, some of that stuff is like head scratchers, right like wait how does that benefit anybody or how is that adding value right or or why would someone pony up for that those are the questions that i asked chris right um, and he's already educated me a lot and, and even some some tax stuff, which um, he'll be writing about and talking about uh, as it comes to taxable events for selling cryptos. So anyway, he's in the waiting room. Um, we're going to bring him in because uh, we told you by uh, the end of January that um, we'd be taking orders for his premium service Um uh, cryptos.
0: Is he in a real waiting he's room a, or like I a mean, metaverse waiting room? Well,
1: if it's online, I guess it's the metaverse. <laughs> so he's in a digital meta waiting room. um But anyway, uh, we'll be taking orders uh by the time you see this. Our premium paid members will have had the chance to, to take some discount spots. And um, then we'll be opening up uh, a wider membership. And as you say, we'll be putting that uh, 50 grand to work a little bit at a time, not just in cryptos, but maybe even some NFTs. So... Um, let's bring Chris in and let's see if we can talk to him. Hello. Oh, there. How long have you been waiting, Chris? Sorry to keep you waiting so long. about a
2: half an hour. I've been over here minting uh, Solana NFTs while I waited, so it wasn't too bad.
1: Well, let's
0: talk. I'll give give you 10 million for one of those right now, Chris. (laughs) All right, sold. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that's how they do it.
2: Well, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, You know, I'm trying to mint, uh, you know, where I feel like there's value. I've got Mike Tyson's Punch Out going on behind me. One of I'm the greatest boxing video games ever made.
0: Hands down.
2: And it's just, right. kid, you know, I'm venerating Mike Tyson, Kid Dynamite himself, cause he is also super bullish on Solana and Solana NFTs. He's fully in. So, uh, you know, I'm just shouting
1: out to Mike Tyson right now. Awesome. Well, you know, uh, he- Gerardo said, "You got to pump up your NFTs," and that's exactly right. Um, and despite the pullback in crypto prices, the chatter about the space isn't going anywhere. Jimmy Fallon was just um, talking up his NFTs on, on on the late show this week. So, um, Chris, thanks for jumping on the call.
2: Sure, thanks for having me on. Well,
1: we're ex- it, Chris. We're excited to launch uh, your Crypto Cycle Premium Newsletter here in the next couple of days, and I guess yeah. just wanted to have you on to. Uh, talk about the crypto space in general. So um, I guess it's a good thing that I'm a procrastinator and that it took us a bit to get (laughs) our uh, accounts turned on because here we are, instead of Bitcoin 60-some thousand, it's it's Bitcoin 30-some thousand. Um, Just talk to us a little bit about your your current sentiments on the the space and uh, let's have a conversation about it as we gear up to uh, take orders for this product over the coming days and weeks. Sure.
2: Well, as everyone knows, uh, cryptocurrencies are an incredibly volatile asset class, so (laughs) this sort of thing happens all the time. Uh, And as I was writing in an article uh, back in the beginning of January, uh, 80% of the time, if not more, Bitcoin follows the S&P 500 very closely. It tracks it and as Bitcoin becomes a more mature uh, and established asset class, it mirrors it even closer. especially to the upside. Uh, so what you're seeing, and what you saw at the beginning of January was essentially a bearish divergence of Bitcoin when the S&P 500 was hitting new all-time highs, Bitcoin was dropping, and that damaged market sentiment. Um, and that was not a good sign. I, I was pulling out of my Bitcoin positions uh, around that time. And of course, since then, it's it's gone, it's dropped down to as low as, as $32,000. Uh, it's regained a lot of that, but... Uh, Yeah, there's uh, generally kind of a lot of uncertainty in the markets right now. And uh, it's not just Bitcoin. Bitcoin at this point is kind of tracking the stock market and the stock market is not looking super confident. Uh, So that's kind of where we are right now. I mean, the capital flow from stocks is heavily integrated uh, with the Bitcoin market. And this affects all the other cryptocurrencies because Bitcoin just kind of pulls them all along. I mean, it's kind of the, the one with the largest market cap. It's the original, the OG. So the other altcoins and other cryptocurrencies follow with it but what's been interesting is with all of this volatility and all these uh, coins that have just kind of been dumping over the last month uh you've seen nfts surging uh, so nfts really don't seem to have been negatively impacted by this trend uh, so that's the interesting in in the you know this space there's always going to be some aspect of the market that's doing well and in this case uh it's nfts and that's why i'm still bullish on. On Solana NFTs, I think they're undervalued, uh, especially compared to Ethereum NFTs, which are, you know, of course, going for crazy amounts of money. And there's even uh, kind of an unconfirmed rumor circulating right now that OpenSea, which is the largest NFT marketplace in the world—that's where everybody's buying their NFTs—that uh, they'll actually be incorporating Solana NFTs in the near future.
1: Uh, so that would be, I mean, do they do they only that, sell the Ethereum NFTs right now?
2: Well, currently, yeah. I, I mean, I think they, they have some cross-compatibility with some really small blockchain, but yeah, essentially, it's only a
1: theory. What's your question, Gerardo?
0: Yeah, just a, it's probably a dumb one, but I'm just curious, right? Because this is the way my brain processes stuff. So in the gold space... There seems to be a school of thought that says if you like gold, you can't like cryptos, and if you like cryptos, you can't like gold. Sure. There's only one way to invest, right? <laughs> you got to be in one like sector or the other. And you're a hypocrite or what have you, which I think is you know complete nonsense. But is, is it similar with the NFT crowd and the crypto crowd? Are there are there are there groups where the NFT crowd is is maybe more of the the the, the, the bougie? You know, of, of the alternative asset classes versus maybe like the crypto crowd that considers itself like the true rebels, or is that just non existent?
2: Yeah, I haven't seen that personally. No, I mean, but- I, I think you have uh, in crypto the biggest delineation is going to be Bitcoin maximalists who just think Bitcoin is the only legitimate uh, cryptocurrency and everything else is a shit coin, is garbage, and should, nobody should even be paying attention it uh, so that that almost becomes a cult kind of the the red laser eye cult the guys who have their profile pics with the red lasers sticking out those yeah. are kind of the bitcoin maximalists and uh that group i think can be kind of toxic i think they're uh, incredibly narrow-minded when it comes to all the you know potential that there is in the cryptocurrency space needless to say those guys hate things like dogecoin
0: and any kind of meme coins Uh, You know, that makes them very angry. (laughs) So so, so this like the the, the kind of cult divide is more within the Bitcoin and everybody else. That's kind of the crash. That's what 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 I've seen.
1: Yeah, that's what I've seen.
0: Very interesting. Talk to me
1: about... Um, how the cryptos relate to the NFTs. So when you say an Ethereum NFT versus Solana NFT, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but um, it's really confounding for me and I think a lot of other people. So let's start with how those two things, I I guess, relate to each other. And then I have a couple of other questions.
2: Sure. I mean, so all that uh, NFT is, I mean, it's a non-fungible token. So it is a token uh, on a blockchain. Uh, so it's an ERC-20 token, like for instance, for Ethereum. Ethereum allows—I mean, I don't know how many tokens there are on Ethereum that are that are launched off of and built on the Ethereum blockchain, like Shiba Inu, for instance, the meme coin. That's that's an ERC-20 token. It's an Ethereum token, and all of these NFTs that are launched uh, that you can buy on OpenSea are Ethereum tokens. Um, but similarly, other layer one blockchains like yeah. uh, Avalanche or Solana also have tokens, many tokens and uh, NFTs as well. So really, Solana NFTs just haven't really caught on yet because there aren't a lot of big marketplaces for them yet. And they just haven't really reached public consciousness. Uh, But yeah, I mean, they're just
1: as legitimate as as an Ethereum NFT. Does minting an NFT relate to the uh, minting of currencies when someone says you know, a kid in the Philippines is going to take a picture of himself and mint an NFT. How does that relate to the, to the minting of the currency?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, in my experience, when it comes to minting NFTs, usually, you know, you have what, you know, is essentially an NFT launch. And these are usually uh, a set of like five to 10,000 NFTs. And they're using those kind of randomized algorithmic software programs to create kind of a collectible set with various traits, some of which are much rarer than others. So essentially what you're doing is when they when it launches, you're able to connect your wallet and then use a certain amount of the underlying asset. Let's say one Ethereum or one soul. Uh, You're using that asset to then mint a randomly generated uh, basically NFT based on that randomized algorithm so that kind of gives it the lottery aspect and that's kind of what uh you know kind of draws people in because it's like hey you know if i mint this thing i have a chance you know maybe it's one in a million but i have a chance of getting that really rare trait that makes this nft very
1: valuable so bridge the gap for me to the uh, nfts that we were just talking about before we brought you on which was john lennon's son is just talking about some of Lennon's stuff, like um, I said, there was a letter that Paul McCartney sent him and um, you can buy this NFT. You don't get the actual letter, like you don't get the copy of the letter. You just get an NFT of John Lennon's son talking about the letter. So does that <laughs> yeah. does that have any value in your mind? And how is that different from, you know, one of these, um, I, I would say, you know, cartoonish or, or, or minted uh, releases that you were just talking about?
2: Yeah, well, that's a good question. And I, I haven't delved into that world, partly because obviously stuff like that is going for a lot of money. Right. Uh, that 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 is a lot to me like kind of, uh, you know, what we've seen happen in the fine art world over the last 60 years. Uh, my dad was an art dealer back in, you know, and back in the early 1960s, he'd go to Europe and just buy up a bunch of really cheap art, original art, and take it back to, to America and sell it for more. Uh But at that time, I don't think he could have ever imagined, you know, single art pieces selling for millions of dollars. Uh, And now now it's just getting even more, more absurd. So I mean, it's hard to really put like a hard value on something like, you know, that like a handwritten note, an NFT of a handwritten note or by Paul McCartney, you know, from Hey Jude, stuff like that. It's really hard to quantify I haven't really delved into that space. Um, And uh, I have I have trouble. I mean, if if a painting can sell for a hundred million dollars, I don't, I don't see why an NFT of a note written by Paul McCartney can't sell for I don't know a few hundred thousand dollars.
0: Would you don't <laughs> get the number. It
2: is very speculative,
0: though. Yeah, you don't. Know. Let me ask you something, Chris. Yeah, just quick question. So when when I have a due diligence checklist to see if a company is fraudulent or the stock is a pump, you know, there's a certain there, there, there's a, a bullet point checklist that I have, right? Share structure, management, asset, jurisdiction, you go down the line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that kind of helps me vet the real opportunities from the fraudulent ones, or the ones that have no chance in hell of ever becoming profitable. Do you have a similar process for vetting out, you know, the fraudulent aspect of, you know, whether it's NFTs or, or crypto? Is there a process that you use to vet that out before you actually allocate your own capital?
2: Well, I mean, I definitely like to see um, utility, you know, Um, so I mean, utility is number one when it comes to to cryptocurrencies, Uh, you know, making sure and if it's a really if you're getting in on something super early, you you know, you want to make sure that they have a white paper that is good, that is sound that has a good strategy and a good roadmap. And you want to make sure that uh, I like to see faces and names. I don't like anonymous. Uh, dev teams I like to actually you know know that somebody's putting their name in their face on something uh, so that they're accountable I mean anybody can just you know create a website and uh, launch a token on ethereum or on finance on sure. smart chain and not put their face out there and then just you know pull all the liquidity out after the market cap gets higher so I think there's a certain amount of accountability if someone has their name and face out there I like to look for that um, but the I think utility and transparency are kind of the two things I look for the
1: most Okay. What do you expect in the first couple of weeks of this uh, premium service? So it'll be like the first week of February. People are starting to uh, sign up. First issue comes out on February second. Where would you first be looking to deploy capital into the space, given the um, uh, the current setup in the market?
2: Yeah, I mean, so the markets are definitely you know a little shaky right now. Uh, we just saw a large draw down in you know equities. We saw a large drawdown in the cryptocurrency market. I, I do feel like as long as we don't see the stock market crashing over a long period of time, I do see uh, Bitcoin staying above 30,000. We may retest down in that $30,000 range if we do. And we're not in kind of a macro environment where, oh, my gosh, the stock market is just crashing forever, which I can't imagine will really happen. Uh, I will be, we'll be buying up some Bitcoin, we'll be buying up Ethereum. And if Ethereum's at 2,000, it's a buy. If Bitcoin's at 30,000, it's a buy. I don't think there's any question about that. But I do think that, you know, for the first couple of weeks, I'm already focusing on showing people how to get into Solana. So, you know, we're going to be buying some NFTs there and, uh, you know, we're going to be getting into some of these DeFi, smaller DeFi projects and stuff. We're going to be showing them how we're going to be. Moving capital around from Coinbase, buying stable coins, transferring them and buying some of these coins on smaller exchanges and even some decentralized exchanges. So I'm going to have videos just kind of showing what I do, what I'm buying and how to do it. Uh, so I'm gonna have more to right. talk
0: about with the crypto babes. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> yeah, the edu- all of those, all of those very real Twitter profiles.
1: Yeah, for the- <laughs> right, right.
0: In the metaverse, <laughs> Beyond the metaverse. Those are definitely, Nick. all
1: real people. I'm sure. <laughs> I think. I think the education the educational component is huge. So we've already got a, a series put together that we're calling the Crypto you series. Yep. There's a, mm-hmm. a Crypto 101, 201, 301. It explains the evolution of the sector, uh, the evolution of the uh, altcoin space and NFTs and uh, uh, decentralized finance movement. There's a glossary of uh, several dozen terms to help you get acclimated to the space and Uh, Frankly, what the fuck people are talking about half the time with some of this stuff Um, and and then how to set up um, the different exchanges and wallets, which which uh, can sound a bit foreign, uh, which you've helped me do already. So we'll be doing like uh, screen grab videos showing how to open up uh, Mm -hmm. accounts. Uh, and then showing how to just navigate the space because it can sound overwhelming when you're talking about, you know, trading to a stable coin and holding that in a different wallet. Uh, once you see it done, and if you can follow someone uh, do it on the screen, it, it makes much more sense. And yep. uh, I think uh, we'll just start to wrap it up there. So we don't want to give away uh, all the goods. I'm, I was editing the first issue just before we started to record. Like I say, that'll be out uh wednesday february 2nd premium crypto cycle issues uh every other wednesday uh from there on out and then uh, of course trade alerts whenever we're uh buying some uh cryptos or nfts with that real money that we're putting to work and of course uh that will be tracked on a portfolio as well so mm-hmm. uh, what else before we get out of here besides uh saying that we're excited to uh, finally get started uh, with CryptoCycle and, and put real money to work and, and show people how to um, participate in the space.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I agree with everything. Uh, I'm really excited to get it launched. I'm already making cut some of these screen grab videos. I'm just going to kind of show people exactly what I'm doing. Um, it's, I think it's going to be really educational. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that we're uh, getting pretty close if we haven't already hit kind of the bottom of the market. So this should be a really good accumulation period. Um, And it was probably pretty fortuitous that we uh, were launching it now. So yeah, I think, I think we'll have some really good entry positions and I think the next uh, the next year should be
0: should be a fun ride. Well, people, another lucky break, Nick. <laughs> yeah, tell
1: People are ready. There, uh, we've been building a wait list for the past couple of months, and and that's um, grown nicely. We'll be uh, deploying out to that uh, very shortly, and uh, people have been calling uh, our sales team as well to try to sign up before we uh, actually officially launch it. So, uh, folks are definitely excited about it, and, and we're excited about it as well. Uh, send us out of here, Gerardo.
0: You know, I got to share a story. There's a a gentleman who was a retired army sergeant who decided that he was going to take $3 and buy a mega millions prize lottery ticket. And this military vet of 32 years, right? 32 years, Mr. Gabriel Fierro plays the fortune cookie numbers and he ends up winning $4 million. So I thought given the current state of NFTs, the conversation about art, how you know you can read someone's note and sell it for 30,000, but not actually have to give away the note? It's the new lottery, baby! Yeah, <laughs> so.
2: there's a huge aspect of that to it, without a doubt. <laughs>
0: So good for Gabriel Fierro. Chris, jokes aside, I'm excited for your service. I'm excited. I feel like I learned something today just listening to this. I'm really excited for all the workshops, the webinars, the videos that I see in your future. And uh, no, it's going to be a fun, fun ride. It's been interesting, everybody. I'm Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Chris Curl and my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 154 of Bizarro World. Have a great week, everyone. Be kind to each other out there.
1: Pray for higher crypto prices. Buy Grimace coin.
0: <laughs> Watch what you say on your prayer <laughs> app.